And hello from Boise, Idaho and Idaho Education News. This is Extra Credit, your weekly podcast looking at politics and education. I'm Kevin Richard. And I'm Clark Corbin. And for late June, kind of a busy week. We had a lot of news break and a lot of numbers uh, drop over the course of the week. Um, from reading scores to some new evaluation numbers, and we'll get into both of those. Let's get right to it. it school's out. It was busy. Uh, but, Kevin, you took a look at reading scores at the elementary school level. This was something the legislature was concerned with earlier this year. Uh, what did you find out? What are the most recent numbers? Okay. So the latest numbers on the Idaho Reading Indicator show that about 25,000 students from kindergarten through third grade are reading below grade level. Um, that's pretty... Uh, pretty sobering number when you think about it and it but it is a snapshot in the fall when those same students took the test you had 36,000 students reading below grade level and that's an important number and we can kind of explain that so what you've seen 11,000 kids have improved to the point where they're reading at grade level over 5,000 just in kindergarten alone so you are seeing improvements over the course of the school year which you'd expect you'd expect yeah now, that 36,000 figure is important, and you've probably heard a number similar to that before, because that's uh, the number that's been bandied about as part of this whole uh, literacy initiative that's going to launch this fall. This is where the state is going to put $9.1 million into literacy programs designed to get extra help for kids who are not reading at grade level. And... That 36,000 figure is uh, reflective of what we've seen on average over the past few years. And that's the key number in terms of deciding how many students are eligible for extra help or are supposed to get extra help, how many students the districts are supposed to serve in terms of providing that extra help. So what we saw was a snapshot of just what happens over the course of a school year, which I thought was interesting and I wanted to kind of take a look at, but it also gives us a backdrop as we head into the fall and we look at that literacy initiative, something I want to look at a lot more closely when the school year starts. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it would be interesting to take a closer look at what districts also choose to do with their literacy uh, money. They can do after school instruction, summer school, all day kindergarten in some cases if the districts choose. So it'll be interesting for me and for taxpayers and parents to see how local school districts use this extra resource to try to improve those young literacy rates. That was something that was a focal point during the legislative session. Right. And, and we'll look at that a lot more closely when the school year starts. Clark, you were looking closely at some numbers that uh, you've written about in the past. This is the new batch of numbers, teacher evaluations, kind of the same old, same old in terms of the big picture of what we got from the state. Walk us through. This is uh, something that, that we've been following for over a year now, Kevin. And so the state of Idaho requires that all of its teachers be evaluated um, every year. And they evaluate teachers. Uh, there's a classroom observation, and they evaluate teachers on everything from their uh, preparation to their classroom environment, their instructional techniques. And so um, the reason that this is important is because in 2015, if you remember, the Idaho legislature tied hundreds of millions of dollars in taxpayer funding and teacher pay dollars partially to these evaluation mm -hmm. scores. Uh, it has to do with the signature career ladder salary law and the ability for a teacher, especially teachers earlier in their career, earlier in their uh, 
tenure in the state of Idaho to move from the initial residency rung on the career ladder up to the professional rung and thereby earn more money in the process, they have to receive certain scores uh, on their evaluations and they have to avoid having bad marks on their evaluations. And so we looked at numbers for 17,000 teachers in all 115 school districts and all the charter schools and some of the highlights the easiest takeaway to wrap your arms around is a little bit more than 91% of all teachers throughout the state earned the top two marks on their evaluation scores. That's proficient or distinguished. But if you dig down a little bit deeper, um, we got this report on Thursday, and within a couple of hours, we had already established that there were several errors contained right. throughout the report. Everything from districts inputting um, inaccurate number accidentally into uh, their teacher evaluation spreadsheets to incomplete numbers uh, being published for the Boise School District. We also found interestingly, and this is something that I keyed in on last year, 35 school districts or charters gave every single one of their teachers an identical overall evaluation score. Usually uh, that was proficient. Uh, and in 66 districts, all of their teachers got proficient or distinguished, meaning there weren't any teachers performing at basic or unsatisfactory levels. And say, why is that a big mm -hmm. deal? It, it shows that we have excellent teachers in, in the state of Idaho. And yes, it does. But last year, we had two superintendents tell me on the record that they intentionally and falsely gave all of their teachers identical scores in an effort to protect employees. Uh, one of the former superintendents, he's a member of the legislature, Representative Ryan Kirby, said his district intentionally gave everyone all proficient scores uh, because it was none of the state's business how the teachers were performing. And so it, it's a complicated subject, but it is important because it has to do with the expenditure of taxpayer dollars and money that school districts will receive uh, for teacher pay. This year's data won't really affect the specific levels that the state sends in money to school districts, but starting next year in the 2017 budget year, it will. And so that's why we're making a big deal about this. That's why we're following it closely. And it is complicated stuff. It's tough to talk about in just a couple of minutes, but we tried to break it down and be pretty thorough about it um, at Idaho Ed News. Uh, if you want to check that story mm -hmm. out, I also plan to, to do some follow-ups over the summer, especially over the next couple weeks. So basically, you know, to, to kind of distill it a little bit further, I mean, we're kind of where we were a year ago. The, these evaluation scores, and, and they're reported evaluation scores, right. because as you mentioned, a couple of districts that we know of um, reported evaluation scores that are different than what they have on file at the district level. I mean, the reported evaluation scores, uh, they really don't provide a very detailed or, or perhaps even very accurate picture of where, where teachers really stand um, and how they've really been graded at the district level. So this becomes sort of an ongoing issue of, of you know, how are they being evaluated, how are teachers being evaluated at the local level, and what is the quality and the accuracy of the data that's being reported to the state. You're correct, and, and that became a talking point during the legislative session. If you remember, the outgoing House Education Committee Chairman, Reed DeMordant, uh, made it uh, a talking point of his that he was concerned about the accuracy and the fidelity of these teacher evaluations, and they kind of tweaked the career ladder law uh, in response 
but the reason it is important is because this is the accountability measure that the legislature tied to the increase in teacher pay. And the way that it's reported right now, it makes it really difficult to differentiate the highest performing teachers from the lowest performing teachers, especially when you have school districts with 300 teachers, in some cases, all receiving identical overall evaluation scores. It really does make it difficult uh, to differentiate between uh, your top teachers and, and maybe some teachers that are still learning the ropes or even struggling in some cases. Right. right. So, And you will be following those numbers and, and digging into them even further as, as we go. We will. And something, Kevin, that you've been following and you turned your attention to this week was the negotiations that are ongoing in some cases between uh, school districts and uh, their employees or their teachers' union. What were some of the findings uh, that you reported on this week? Well, most of the bigger districts have settled. They have master agreements with uh, teachers in place and agreed upon for the new school year and the new school spending year, which begins July 1st, a week from now. But three big districts are still in the negotiation process. That includes West Data, uh, Nampa, and Coeur d'Alene. And what I found interesting, and we'll, we'll have to watch this more closely as we head into July and August, because these negotiations and mediation sessions are going to continue into the new spending year, into July and August. It, it'll be interesting and worth watching to see sort of what sort of agreement these districts come up with. Obviously, as you would expect in a negotiation process, it does come down to money, does come down to salaries, and it, and it does come down in a district like West Ada to the question of what do you do with the teachers who are at the higher end of the salary scale, who are uh, making more money than the career ladder uh, provides uh, state funding to cover. So the question then becomes what do the districts do because they'll have to make up any difference between what the state allocates for higher-end salaries, for any salaries, really, but for, for the higher-end salaries is the issue in West Data. How much do the districts come up with on top of what the state provides? That's the sticking point in West Ada. Uh, salary issues are, are kind of the sticking point up in Coeur d'Alene as well. So we'll, we'll keep a closer eye on it. And it kind of sets the stage for a story I'm working on that I'm hoping to uh, publish next week that looks more closely at what did happen with teacher salaries this year in the first year of the career ladder. You know, how did the numbers change and how are districts having to uh, decide how to distribute money, whether to implement the career ladder at the local level or whether to go with a different route? And, in, and regardless, what do you do in terms of salaries, especially for the higher end uh, teachers with more experience who aren't gonna see as much of an increase via the career ladder? So. The short story here, a couple of big districts uh, still in the negotiation process. We'll watch the negotiation process, and I'm hoping in the next uh, in the next few days to kind of break down further what happened with salaries this past year and how the career ladder affected that. We'll be watching that with interest, and, and I know um, 
that that'll be a really worthwhile reporting project because we've talked about the impact of the career letter and we've talked about and we've heard throughout the years concerns over teacher retention mm -hmm. and teachers leaving the state or or leaving the profession altogether and that brings us to a segment we had a guest uh record an interview segment with you earlier this week and i'm super excited about it but our eastern idaho reporter devin bodkin uh, who has experience as a journalist and a teacher That's both was in town uh, for our staff meeting on monday and you had a chance to talk with him kevin about one of the early stories he did about teacher retention and it's a fascinating story story and it's been one of our most popular stories uh, in the last couple weeks at Idaho Ed News. If you go to our site you can dig back through into the archives and find it but let's get to that uh, interview real quick between uh, you and Devin. I know that our listeners will find that interesting so here we go. Joined right now by Devin Bodkin who uh, wrote a story for us a couple of weeks ago about the, uh, the teacher famine in eastern Idaho. Uh, Famine's a strong word. It was a very strong story, a very detailed story. Walk our listeners through kind of the making of the story, how you found out about it, how you put it together. Initially, we heard from uh, Dwight Richens there in West Jefferson. He's the superintendent in uh, West Jefferson, which is in Tarleton. Right. Uh, this, that school district has about 642 students. But he kind of just reached out and said, we're having a really hard time finding uh, mm -hmm. teachers for roles that Typically, we don't have a hard time finding teachers for, like PE. And so he kind of, I called him, we talked a little bit about a, a meeting that had taken place there in District 6, which is uh, the eastern part of the state. Mm -hmm. The district and superintendents, it, right. Yeah, exactly, with the district superintendents. And uh, he told me that Dean Mortimer uh, was there, and that it just was an opportunity for the superintendents to kind of unload their, oh, from what he said, kind of the frustrations that they were having um, with trying to hire teachers. And so uh, there was a lot of anecdotal stuff coming in, but we wanted to look at, I wanted to look at really the numbers uh, to see kind of what those were doing in, on top of the, what the superintendents were saying. And what were the taking, takeaways, uh, both anecdotally and statistically? What were the takeaways? For that, the, the takeaway, Kevin, was that the teacher pipeline in Idaho, and, and it wasn't just, this is the other interesting thing, was that the, some of these issues are happening all over the state, spe right. but the, it, specifically in East Idaho, the pipeline is, appears to be dwindling, uh, and particularly in terms of teachers leaving the state. From the time that the recession started in 2008 through 2013 and 14, which was where we got the latest numbers uh, from the State Department, or it's actually the Board of Education, the State Board of Education, we saw a, a, a huge increase in the number of teachers leaving, not just the state, but the teachers leaving the profession altogether. Um, so, for example, in, in 2009 and 10, there were 1,380 teachers who left the profession. At the time 2013 and 14 rolled around, that number was 1,979, and it actually reached 2,401 in 2011 and 12, kind of at the peak of the recession there. Mm -hmm. So what's happening in eastern Idaho that's driving this? Um, obviously, you've got Wyoming to the east. It's no mm -hmm. secret that uh, there's a pay gap between eastern Idaho, uh, districts in eastern Idaho, and, and what uh, what's offered in Wyoming. Is it just that simple, or are there more factors? I think, I, from what I could tell, talking to some of the experts out there, there's, there's more. Um, Wyoming does offer a lot, and teachers out in that area, and not just teachers, but educators in general, always kind of talk about how Wyoming's kind of a promised land for 
for people just because of the mineral rich resources, the, the mineral rich terrain that they have. They can offer more money to teachers. Uh, talking to Christina Lindner, though, who actually works there at ISU, Idaho State University in Pocatello, um, she said it's it's also a morale issue. It seems like um, folks coming in aren't as excited about the profession as they come into the College of Education. Those numbers are also dwindling. Um, but she also said that, well, she also cited some research from Patty Mortensen, who's a professor there mm-hmm. at the College of Education, who uh, did a lot of surveying work. And she also said that some of the heavy-handed policies that are coming out of not just the state, but what well, they call them heavy-handed policies, mm-hmm. but coming out of the state and from the federal level in terms of an emphasis on testing and data and taking away what they said is sort of teachers' autonomy to kind of right. just do what they want to do in the classroom and, and be more creative with their teaching and not have to focus on those uh, other, you know, policy-driven things. Just one other thing, then, as you talk to the superintendents working on this story, do they see solutions? Do they see approaches uh, that can reverse this trend? Well, it's interesting, Kevin. When I wrote this piece, uh, you had reported, had a really good report on um, the, the salary gaps in Idaho, mm-hmm. the, the pay gaps. And they have the um, what we've reported on as the um, career ladder, right? Mm-hmm. It was interesting, though, and that, that is a $125 million, um, I guess, proposal or piece of... If they fund it all the way through, yeah, yeah. we're talking about $125 million. So $125 million to actually increase pay for teachers. But it's interesting, if you look at the career ladder, it, it actually bumps up pay for teachers who are more on the earlier the side, beginning the, the beginning of the, uh, of the career, really. And so questions are coming up as to whether that's going to be enough, if it's, if it's targeting the right, uh, I guess area. And what's it going to mean as teachers uh, move their way through the system and move their way through their careers? Exactly. Do, they, do they stick with it? Exactly. And that's not an Eastern Idaho issue exclusively. That's a that's a statewide issue as we see the career ladder yes. unfolding. Well, Devin, this is a really comprehensive story and um, want to encourage our listeners to, to check it out in our archives. Just go to idahoednews.org to uh, see the full story. Devin, thanks for walking us through. Yeah, thanks, Kevin. All right, that was a lot of fun. Thanks, Devin, uh, for joining us this week uh, on Extra Credit, and we look forward uh, to Devin's continued coverage out of Eastern Idaho. I'm excited about that. Kevin, that just about wraps us up for this week. What are you looking uh, forward to? What are you going to be keeping an eye on uh, coming up next week? Well, as we talked about before, I I hope we can break down a little bit more uh, of the numbers in terms of uh, teacher salaries, what really happened uh, last year with the first... uh, year of the career ladder and how is that being implemented at the district level. So that's going to be my uh, my project heading into next week and I know you're going to be taking a closer look at the evaluations uh, numbers and the evaluations puzzle. A lot to keep us busy. Uh, All right. Well, thank you guys so much uh, for listening. I hope everybody's summer is off to a great start. We will be back next Friday with a brand new episode of the Extra Credit Podcast. Uh, But thanks so much for listening, everybody. I'm Clark. And I'm Kevin. Have a good week.